Welcome to the Happy Spotless Minds podcast, a podcast created to provide an honest platform for differing perspectives on growing up in today's world. I am your podcast host, Heidi Poon, and my goal is to enlighten you through interesting conversations with guests on career, relationships, life lessons, and the deeper issues on the world we live in today. With all the bits and pieces in between, I hope you'll join me this season to discover the why and the how in people's journeys. With that being said, thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Happy Spotless Minds. Hashtag happy Monday, everyone. Hope everyone had a great weekend and hope that you're also very excited for this episode because we are having it with the one and only Lisa Way at Getaway. So she does Instagram, YouTube, and she also has a blog post and a TikTok all under at Getaway. And she does this as a side job on top of her nine to five. So it's super exciting just to talk about how she manages the time to do all of this and also the notion of authenticity and how to really just stay true to yourself while keeping up with the trends. And also the comparison to other influencers that are also within the same fashion and lifestyle category. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode because it's definitely one that is filled with a lot of insight and a lot of great advice. So let's get right into it. Hey everyone, welcome to Happy Spotless Minds. On another week, I have a very special guest here with me. So she's known as at Getaway on Instagram and also she has a YouTube channel and I know that she's a huge advocate for mental health. And just because October is Mental Health Awareness Month, I really wanted to bring these influencers and also guests that could talk a little bit more about it and also share their story. So I'm really excited to invite Lisa on my podcast. Yay! Hi! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We had like a brief introduction and I kind of told her about like how I how I reached out to her and like shout out Winnie. Lisa remembers you. <laughs> but I think it'd be great if we could have a brief introduction on you, what you do, your platforms, your content inspiration, and then your horoscope. And then we can just jump right into the questions. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so uh, for those who don't already know me, my name is Lisa. And as you mentioned, my handle is getaway. It's just a play on words with my last name. And I have YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, and a blog post, or sorry, a blog platform. So all of them is all under getaway. And my horoscope, I'm actually an Aries. So I have the few platforms. Um, I work doing content creation is actually my after work job. So for my full time job, I actually work at Bell in marketing. Yeah, that's super exciting. And it must be so busy for you. And I'm sure we'll get more into it with the two parts. But I think the first part that I really wanted to start off with is, you know, your journey and the life of being a digital content creator. And then in part two, we're going to switch it up to, you know, difficulties underside of, of having to balance everything and maybe some parts that aren't as glamorous of being a digital mm-hmm. content creator. But I think I wanted to start off with a basic question as to like, how did you really start off? And what was your inspiration so in terms of starting off basically it's actually a funny story before I got into my business program because my business program is kind of unique it it isn't all four years of university it would it would only be the last two years so in the first 
in the year right before I got in, I was really bored and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I also was kind of scared I wasn't going to get into my business program. So I wanted to do something that would make me stand out and differentiate myself pretty much. So I wanted to have more extracurriculars. So that was when I decided to start a blog. And at the time, I think this was 2014. At the time when I started the blog, it was actually what a blog was. So pictures were very, you know, in the back burner. Nobody really looked at pictures. I did a lot of written content. I would upload weekly about kind of either my life or things that would happen. I know the one story that blew up at the time was I did this blind date with my best friend and we went to a dark table restaurant. Sorry, a restaurant where you can't see anything. I think it's called Dark Table. It was in Vancouver. And we invited these guys off Craigslist to meet us there. And we didn't know what they looked like the entire time until after the dinner was over. And we didn't know their name either going into this date. I wrote about that story. It kind of blew up. And then eventually that was how I continued to write on my blog. And then I think how the whole Instagram story started was sort of organically because at the time during that age of blogging, I think people started shifting over more to Instagram. And then I think there was a very clear shift in demand where people wanted to see pictures instead. So I went on exchange and started taking more beautiful pictures from traveling and stuff like that. And then that was kind of how the Instagram also grew at the same time. I was thinking that like with your story on the Craigslist, I'm like, isn't that so dangerous? I'd be so scared (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Yeah, we were honestly thinking back. I'm just like at that age, I was so bold, like who I was in when I was 18, 19, just things I did back then I just would not do now. And on Craigslist, I think the only screening we did was making sure that they were around the same age because we didn't want to just show up and then randomly it's like, oh, guess what? You're 56. And I just had dinner with like a 56 year old or whatever. So the only requirement was gender and age. And that was it. Wow. No wonder that blew up. I feel like that is like very out of the ordinary and like a great way to write a blog post about it, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so going into just like your journey and your life of being the digital content creator. So thinking more on just like digital content creation as a whole, I think through 2020, so many things have been changed and the uncertainty has definitely like been a lot more prominent through the year and people resort a lot more to social media whether or not it's for news or to get away from everything that they're dealing with in the world so how how do you think COVID-19 has really affected you know the influencer or the digital content creation aspect in, in this community I think it kind of did two things the first thing is that it actually welcomed a lot more content creators just because when this whole quarantine thing happened everyone was bored at home and people who never thought they were going to be content creators started becoming a content creator just because you had nothing to do so all you're doing is watching tiktok and you're like might as well post a video on tiktok or something like that so there there was definitely an opportunity for so many more people to enter on the flip side on the more you know serious side or the business aspect i think it was interesting because when the whole quarantine and when the economy first shut down obviously that impacted us in a sense that a lot of sponsorships sort of 
organically went away because so many companies were just trying to save their employees, which is understandable. So, you know, putting dollars in an influencer or just marketing in general just kind of seemed like last priority when you want to try to save your employees. But now I think it's interesting because I think that even though it's affected so many people so negatively, I think from a creativity standpoint, it also forced a lot of people to bring out their creativity. So you see a lot of smaller businesses showing up and like content creators and stuff like that. And then now in terms of the business end, a lot of people are starting to get opportunities again, and companies are finally, you know, learning how to navigate during this time. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say that too, because I do feel like that dip was definitely very apparent at the beginning because everyone was just like on hold but then I kind of feel like it's been rapidly kind of like speeding up again just because people are finding out that you know since you can't go in store through influencers or through like digitally is like the only way to really go and they've kind of like started adapting to it and in terms of TikTok as well I feel like TikTok has allowed so many normal people to just get like millions and millions of followers (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's interesting because prior to TikTok, I think people really believed that to be a content creator or whatever, you need to have a beautiful feed or you need to be a certain type of way. But I think TikTok, what I love so much about it is that you can be a content creator by just being funny or like you can be a content creator by just doing something so random. There's so many different niches and you can just be yourself and be a content creator and people will love that. With my second last question, there were a lot of questions that kind of came in terms of this, but it's really about how can you stay true to yourself and still show your individuality while still, you know, following the trends and making sure that you're putting out good content for the lifestyle or the fashion community? Yeah, I think for me, the way I've been doing this is I try to have two different strategies kind of coming together. Like my pictures, I'll try to combat the trends and the inspiration and like that's you know something more pleasing to your eye and stuff like that and I'll I'll communicate that through my feed and my pictures and maybe my YouTube videos but I think where I stay true to myself is probably just in the stories and in the captions so I'm not just throwing a nice picture out there and that's let that be it. I think I try to do both as much as possible. So I am staying true to myself. I do think it does get kind of hard, especially when you're constantly comparing yourself to others. So I think there is a lot of self-work that needs to be done as well at the same time, which is why I actually go to therapy regularly and I constantly, you know, keep myself in check so I'm not straying from, you know, all these distractions or, you know, mentally kind of just letting myself loose and stuff. So I try to make sure I'm also working on myself daily. I think I I started my podcast and I feel like I also went through a similar thing where like there's that natural like comparison with others or a need to like please other people. And then you kind of stray away from like the point of why you started it in the first place. And I think it's always so important to bring it back to that root, right? And like constantly remind yourself. And do you have like a a specific style inspiration that you go like from your feed, like a style influencer that you really like? Um, In terms of influencers, I have so many. I, I can't really narrow any down, but I, I would say that the way I plan outfits or get my inspiration is actually hugely off interest. 
And from there, it's funny because I'll try to even find the names of the girls that I'm looking at, but sometimes it's not there for you. So I'm just like, wow, I really like this girl's outfit, but I, I don't even know who this is. A lot of the influencers I like, I realize is also from Europe. Same. The European girls. Yeah. And I can't, I can't even remember their names. Yeah. What's so interesting is I totally resonate on that part about like so many European influencers that I would like look and be like, this is my style inspiration and redirecting it there. But it was also a conversation I had with a couple of my friends that was just like the representation of Asian people within this community seems to be small but growing. I definitely see it growing because I see so many Toronto or Vancouver influencers who are, you know, Asian or East Asian and they're like representing like the Asian part and for us us as like followers to be able to identify with that is is so rewarding just because, you know, I seek to find influencers that are Asian and yet like are have a big platform and it, it's definitely rare but I can see it definitely growing as well. Exactly. And I think what I really want to see moving forward is influencers that aren't just all stick thin. And I feel like even the amongst the Asian influencers, the ones that have at least made it really far, I feel like have always been extremely skinny. So I just I kind of wish that there was more people that were you know, more normalized in this scene as well. And there are honestly so many already, but I'm saying in particular in the Asian community, I haven't really seen, or maybe I just haven't come across. So, you know, if you're listening and you know someone, please let me know. But I really want to see like, you know, some Asian influencers that are that are more inclusive, like in every, every community. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I think for me personally, like one insecurity that I also have is that like, I'm not the tallest, you know, I'm five three. And like, even though it's a stereotype that, you know, Asians are shorter or whatever, most of these influencers I see are like five, five and above, you know, like they can wear pants without trimming the bottoms. Like I have to cut every pair of my jeans, yeah. to, like crop it. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know, I'm five one. But I like have to cut everything. I'm not too sure if you know like it's Yu Yan or like Emma Legere. They wear it and they're like, you know, they're 5'5 five five and like they don't need to trim it. But then when I wear it, it's legit like expectation versus reality. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Like I really like a lot of the styles that always go around. But sometimes when I see it too often, I'm like, man, like am I just like part of the crowd now? But I didn't know that they were that tall. So I, I had no idea. I also really agree with your point about like when you see it too often, it's like, do I just want to be a fish in the pond? Yeah. See, this is why you got to differentiate yourself in other ways. You're just like, you know what? Like some of my outfits are probably so basic, but you know what? Just read the caption. It's like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> another girl that goes like, but first coffee, you know what I mean? Like, or like, I don't know. I don't or know. Like puts an emoji in their caption and like, that's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, guys, this is prime, like written space that you can, you know, express yourself. No. Yeah, for sure. I remember you had this one caption on your photo. I think it was with your brother and it was like, <laughs> don't touch my fucking hand. And I was like, that's so good. It's so funny because of the way you said it is literally how I said it in my mind. Like, not like, don't touch my fucking hand. Like, don't touch my fucking hand. <laughs> I can't even take credit for that, though, because my brother and I actually came up with that together because I was showing him the photo and I was like, yo, I want to post this. And 
I was just like, but it doesn't look like we're holding hands, right? And he's like, does it? So we were both like zooming in. We're like, no, like we're not holding hands, right? And then I'm just like, he's like, yo, you should put that as your caption. I'm like, yo. <laughs> yeah, Props you got him. me. Yeah. <laughs> And with the second part kind of to that question as well, we talked before a little bit about the natural comparison to other influencers. Natural comparison is inevitable, but how do you manage through that and really combat it? Yeah, so I think this is honestly a great topic because this is something that I actually explore with my therapists a lot. And it kind of ties in with also self-esteem, which is extremely important, especially when you're entering the space. The one thing that I think my therapist said that is really important is, you know, I think it's kind of like a two-pronged approach. So I'll give you the example that I kind of struggle with. So I actually struggle a lot with my, I guess, like my body type and my weight, because I talk about this in my cap, in my captions and also my stories a lot, but I have literally the exact opposite of what the beauty standards of like a beautiful body right now is, which is like, you know, hourglass, like you have really big boobs, like really small waist. I have the exact opposite. I have like no boobs. My waist is huge. And like all my fat goes towards my stomach. I talk about this a lot. So on a more serious note, like I make fun of it because, you know, I've like to a certain degree accepted it. But like sometimes it's hard because when I'm looking at pictures of other girls, I'm like, man, I just want to wear a bikini and like feel hot. But I just feel like I can't because those are not the type of clothes that would accentuate my body. So basically his advice is two pronged approach in a sense that number one, you can work on it to a certain degree. So like if your issue about your self-esteem or whatever it is, is weight, then, you know, work on it to a degree where you're trying to be healthy, you're trying to work out and stuff like that. But don't overexert yourself to the point that it's mentally unhealthy. But then once we hit that middle ground, simultaneously, you also need to work on a lot of self work, which is a lot of the self love. So, you know, learning to love your body and learning to accept who you are as a person and like how you look like and stuff like that. So to answer your question, like when I look at influencers and I get those thoughts in my head, like, oh, I wish I had a body like that or whatever it is. For me, it's like, okay, I've, I've spent the last three months working on, you know, losing some weight. And then at the same time, I've also been working on just genuinely loving my own body as well. I think moving on into the second part. So the second part, we'll be talking more about, you know, the difficulties of being a digital content creator. Maybe sometimes if you get hate or any certain types of discouragement, like how do you combat that? So I think the first question is looking back at your whole career on Instagram or YouTube, your blog post, what do you wish that you would have kind of like told yourself at the beginning or like what's the top lesson you would have told someone at the beginning of their journey that like you should be prepared for this? I think the thing I would tell myself from the very beginning is just immediately treat it like a business. I think that when I first started off and when I first started getting sponsorship. I don't want to say I didn't take it seriously. I think I was just in the mindset that this is more of a hobby and I had a full-time job already. So I was just kind of not really going out of my way to seek opportunities. And I wasn't really going out of my way to build relationships. But then now, you know, it's like, if you continue having that mindset, it's like, if you ever want to make it into a job, then it would be a lot harder because you've always thought and acted in the perspective of this is just a hobby. Even if you think it's going to be a hobby, just already 
go into it when you create content, do it so that you're doing it professionally enough, but still true to yourself enough so that you're able to maybe make this into a business one day. We got a question that was pertaining to like family and friends support. So did you ever struggle with like the support that you got from your family or friends? And if so, how did you navigate through that? Yeah, I mean, I would say I did and I didn't. So I did in a sense that first of all, all my family and friends are so, 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 so supportive in a sense that, you know, when I go out and I feel bad, I'm like, oh, like, kind of want to take a picture. But everyone's like, Lisa, go like, do your thing. Like, you go get that dough girl. Like, they're all so great about it. And my mom. Yeah. And my mom too, like when I'm here, she takes all my pictures. Like, everyone's great in that in that sense, like in the moment, they're, you know, pumping you up. I think the one part I don't want to say they don't support me it's definitely not that it's more just you know when I start talking about potentially leaving my full-time job I think that's when everyone then becomes serious and it's like okay hold on like are you sure you want to do this like it's not because they're unsupportive but I think it's because of two things like first they're obviously scared for you like if you're thinking about leaving your job they're like hold on let's like talk about this. Let's look at every possible, you know, outcome and like reason and stuff like that. And then the second thing also is because, you know, graduating from business school and also having like very traditional Asian parents, like both combinations are people that are very like conventional thinking, like they all followed like a very straight path. So it's very natural for people to, you know, be a little bit more hesitant. Yeah. Even, even before starting my podcast, I think like we don't, realize how supportive the community around us is until we actually kickstart it because I I would think so many thoughts before starting my podcast like people are gonna think I'm just like trying to be fake I'm trying too hard to be like someone I'm not but ever since I actually started it I realized that all those thoughts were just like demons against myself and that no one else was thinking that and everyone's actually very supportive How do you normally handle if you get any like hate, whether or not be from like, you know, people who do maybe say mean things on, um, or, or have judgments against it? Like, how do you really handle that? It's such a funny time to ask this because this is something that actually very recently just happened to me and I talked to my therapist about. So I feel like this is a really good time to like have come to me about this because if you asked me two weeks ago, I don't even know what I would have said, to be honest. But in the last week, I don't know, you know, what in the world has been happening. But about three or four of my mini videos and one of my videos on YouTube, a lot of them have been gaining popularity, I guess. And obviously, with that already comes with some negative comments or hate comments or whatever you want to label them as. First, I think it depends on the nature of the hate comment. If the hate comment is like towards me and myself, generally, I would say that that overall, none of these hate comments really impact me in like a longevity standpoint. I think they bother me while I'm reading it. The experience itself of reading it is not pleasant. One thing my therapist said that was really well put is like, you need to genuinely know. And every time you read these comments, you need to realize that these people are coming from a place of insecurity. So once you see it from that perspective, you almost feel empathetic and you're you're like a little bit sad for them you're like oh like this is how you kind of pleasure yourself and I would say that the way that I respond to them is I either 
make fun of it kind of like answer in like a very humorous way or I try to spin it so that it becomes funny or something like this one guy I remember on my YouTube video he he said something about it was like on my home tour and he was just for some reason so offended that I had put my shoes by the entrance I don't know why he's like why would you put your shoes like right where you walk in like it's so dirty like you were a terrible girl or like whatever and I responded to each comment in like a very lighthearted way or I would like kind of make fun or something like one of the comments I even responded like you clearly know how to do this like you know don't be afraid drop a video like show us a tutorial like whatever just let us know and then another one's like like hey I want you to know that you're so loved like by someone like probably like not me but like you know someone like someone loves not you me, whatever me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not me because you know you've been kind of mean here and then this guy deleted his own comment Wow. I think as we close out the year and everything like that, and we're going into 2021, what are some goals that you have both like short term in 2021 and like onwards looking at your career? Because I know that you still work full time. Well, in the short term, I'm actually also launching a podcast, hence the microphone. We just bought it. Um, So I'm launching it with my best friend. And we are starting to record on Sunday. So our podcast is going to be called Sisters You've Never Had. And I feel like how we would segment it is kind of like, think of Call Her Daddy and like Asian Boss Girl, but like in the middle. (laughs) Like we'll have the wholesomeness of like Asian Boss Girl, but we're going to have like, you know, a smidget of like the craziness. Craigslist Tinder date part yeah. two. <laughs> um, like call her daddy. So it's going to just be like us constantly just talking to each other and stuff like that. So that's going to be our podcast. So that's kind of the short term goal. Basically, I'm trying to diversify a little bit more. Like I think I want to get out of the influencer space a little bit. Like I want to try exploring different things. I'm so excited. I feel like pod- people have been like starting up more podcasts and like being more vocal and leveraging their platform to like really talk about, you know, issues or conversations. So I'm super excited to listen to your podcast. That's so exciting. Thank you. And I think as the last question to really close this out, so it's more of a fun question. So after COVID-19, what's the first place that you plan to visit and why? Hmm. I think it depends on time of year. If we can travel in the winter, I would 100% want to go to Hawaii. I've always, ever since I was little, I've wanted to go to Hawaii. I've still never done it. And I think COVID just made me realize that I regret my life and I should have just done it before. So Hawaii is definitely (laughs) on the top of my list. And then if it's summer, then I think I would want to go back to Italy. Is there a place in Italy that you like the most? Yes. Oh my gosh. Just the Amalfi Coast, like a pre area. That was honestly like, it's so silly, but I have a best day of my entire life, like narrowed it down to one day and it was in, you know, that area of Italy. So I'm just like, that's just like the one place that makes me so happy. Bye. And that's the end of the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. That one was definitely a really fun one for me to record. And make sure you stay tuned this Wednesday for the new Here with Heidi episode on the top movies and shows that you need to binge watch 
this quarantine. So I'm going to be rallying up maybe my top three to five and just be explaining why. So I hope you're excited for that. And also stay tuned for next week's episode because we'll be talking Anna Yang. So she has over 100,000 followers on TikTok pursuing her passion and sharing videos on anime. And we're going to be talking about that and also her internship at Paramount this year. So she's actually studying English literature and she is diverging on a career path based off of her passion. And I think it'll be so interesting to just hear her story on pursuing a career and a life path that is not as conventional to an Asian household. So I'm really excited to just talk to her about her perspective and also her story through that. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a review on Apple Podcasts as it would really help this podcast be noticed by other listeners that may enjoy it as well. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor for new episodes every hashtag Happy Monday. And you can also visit our Instagram at Happy Spotless Minds. Have a great week. I am your podcast host, Heidi Poon, and thank you so much for listening to Happy Spotless Minds. See you next week. Bye.